Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. Before we get into it today, this episode is brought to you by the Digital Strategist Newsletter. This is available right now at jimsnewsletter.com. It's my free monthly newsletter. I think you'll really enjoy it. So if you haven't signed up for it already, go ahead and check it out at jimsnewsletter.com. All the back issues are available there as well. I release a new issue every month, usually around the 23rd or the 24th of the month. So again, go ahead and check that out if you haven't already. This episode is also brought to you by OneToManySystem.com. And this is the marketing system that I teach to all of my clients, all my one-on-one clients that are in the place where they want to transform and grow their businesses. And many of these people have been operating, some of them for years, services-based businesses. And so they're very difficult to scale without building up a huge team, without having uh, full-time employees uh, available on staff. So if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to invest the time and money into scaling a business the traditional way, there is a new way to do it. It's called one-to-many. So when you're ready to scale your business, when you find there just aren't enough hours in the day, I think that you'll be ready to take the free training that's available there right now. It's at one-to-many-system.com. So today, I want to talk about building and marketing your solo brand. We may not think of ourselves individually as brands, but really that's what we are. The word brand is just a label, and basically it comprises all of the elements that make up an individual's personality. And when we apply that to a product or a service, then we have product or service brands. But getting back to the individual, isn't it true that you would rather do business, if given the chance, with someone you're familiar with, with someone you're comfortable with, Wouldn't you rather get answers to your questions from someone who has at least partially proven themselves to you rather than having a quote-unquote blind date type of experience? And so there are different elements that go into making up a personal brand, but I want to talk a little bit about this today because no matter what you're selling online, I think a lot of individuals find that they are comparing themselves to the largest companies in their industries. Because the largest company in any industry, they are basically an example of what success looks like. But there's different kinds of success. There's different business models. And in the past, big meant success. Big meant more money. And that's what everyone aspired to. People didn't aspire to having a small business for the most part. Some people were able to do it. Some people kind of experimented and backed into success on a scale that was manageable, but yet gave them the type of freedom and the type of lifestyle that they were after. And today, much more than when I was in my my 20s, lifestyle is a really important part of what people think about when they think about their future, what they aspire to, what they want their overall experience to be like. I know For years, people just went to work, grinding out one day after another, punching a clock, doing whatever they had to do because they had to support a family. And today, thanks to the online world, we have the opportunity to work from home. We have the opportunity to 
quote unquote, be our own bosses. But we also have the opportunity to do things that generations in the past weren't able to do. And that is create, craft the kind of lifestyle that is really a good fit for you and your individual specific circumstances. For example, maybe you have children, maybe you don't, but you want to spend more time with your son or with your daughter or with all of your kids if you have multiple children in your family. You want to schedule it and you don't want to wait until the weekends all the time or you don't want to wait until the end of the day when you're all out of energy. Well, you can arrange your schedule in such a way if you're working for yourself that that becomes possible. And let's face it, for those of you who have children, you already know that they grow so fast. There's just only so much time that you have to be maybe the kind of influence that you hope you're going to be in their lives and create the kind of memories that will be with them for a lifetime. You know, I sit back now and I think my dad was self-employed and for, for most of my life. When I got a little bit older, he went to work for a company because he decided that the business that he was in had more or less run its course. And rather than reinvent that, he felt it was just easier to put some part-time work in somewhere else. Matter of fact, today, right now, there's a lot of people in retirement age and they're finding that it's easier for them to work 10 to 15 hours somewhere part-time and to keep that cash flow coming in. And in the future, I think more and more people will be doing that online because the option just wasn't there, of course, years ago because the online world didn't exist in the form that we have it today. And so when you're growing your business, whether you're doing it part-time or full-time, then a lot of times we look to the leaders in our industry. And the leaders are the people that we perceive are the most successful, the people that have the most clients, the most customers, people that have cutting edge solutions and that kind of thing. Now, the other day, I found myself publishing an article about business growth for solopreneurs and freelancers. And while I was doing that, I just decided that I would go ahead and do a little more SEO research and just seeing what I would come up with. It was just I had some extra time on my hands now, initially, I created this content about business growth for solopreneurs and freelancers for my existing audience. And yes, I do everything with search engine optimization in, in the not too distant background of my mindset, because I realize that in order for more people to find you, it's probably not going to happen unless you're investing in one of two things, either in paid ads or in search engine optimization. And for me, that's about creating the kind of content that people are looking for. But sometimes I just create content about something that I'm interested in writing about and something that I know that the people who are reading are going to be interested in reading. But I just decided to just do a little bit of digging and see what my competition was for that specific article. So that's what I did. The article is available right now at jimgalliano.com. And as it turns out, my competitors were you guessed it, some of the largest companies in the industry. As it turns out, the top competitor for the keywords that I had in my article happened to be Forbes. Forbes is a well-known business publication, and their history dates all the way back to 1917. Now, like I was saying, it's easy to compare yourself to the largest companies in the industry, but a lot of times without realizing, you're not comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges. Forbes is not my competitor. Someone might say, yes, but what about your SEO strategy? 
The fact that bigger companies are dominating the first page of search engine results, won't that basically nullify your content creation efforts? Well, right now, a lot of you may be facing similar circumstances where you're finding it difficult to stand out in a crowded market. You're trying to build your brand, your solo brand. You're trying to market your solo brand. A lot of people out there, a lot of big companies out there are appear to be your competition. And it seems like, on the, like we're talking about first page results. They're occupied by the largest companies and largest brands out there. So if I just went by that, by the search engine results, I would look at Forbes and think, wow, I've got to outperform Forbes. I mean, that's kind of like climbing a mountain for my particular use case. In my case, however, Forbes is not my competitor because when we look at the business models, they're not selling consulting services. My customers and my clients aren't paying Forbes to manage their online presence. They're not writing out a check to Forbes every month to host their website or to provide any other of the products and services that I'm currently selling through my business. No, they're a publication, and publications make their money through advertising revenue or primarily through advertising revenue. We can say that the bulk of their income is coming from advertisements, just like Facebook, just like Google, just like a lot of the big players out there today. So recognize this, if you're a personal brand or a solo brand, you don't want to follow in the footsteps of a faceless, non-human kind of brand. Do you get what I'm saying? Sure, we can see the quality of their videos and that can inspire us, or in some cases, that can um, discourage us. But there's a lot of disadvantages that come with being a quote-unquote faceless kind of brand. Because when we look at these larger companies, Unfortunately, most of the time what we come away with is the realization of the things that we can't do, of the things that we can't keep up with. But on the flip side, we have a solo kind of brand. We're a solo brand. We're an individual. And the kind of value that we offer in our marketplace is distinctly different in a good way from the larger faceless brands that we sometimes think are our competitors. They're really not, though. Now, think of things in terms of experience. What kind of experience do we offer our clients or our customers or what type of experience can we offer our clients or our customers that a larger counterpart would be unable to do? For example, one of my clients owns a clothing boutique. Talk about a competitive industry, right? But she succeeds because she doesn't position herself in her marketplace in the same way that the large companies do. She focuses on personal shopping with specific lines of clothing and accessories. And what she does when a new clothing line comes through that's under those brands that she sells, she creates an event to announce the newest line. The ladies who attend the event enjoy the entire package when they come. The food, the drinks, the social aspect, the modeling of the clothes and the accessories. She provides a personalized experience along with personalized shopping that cannot be matched by the larger conglomerates in the area. Now, another client of mine did the same thing with his Italian restaurant. He combined two of his passions, food and art, to create a different kind of experience, to create a unique experience. On any given night, you can go to his restaurant and grab anything from a slice of pizza to this full chef's tasting table now, let me read the ad copy aloud to you so you, I can really describe it as it is. 
It says, our chef tasting is an eight-course adventure comprised of Chef Joe's culinary journey around the world. Incredible products are flown in exclusively for this experience from Japan to Spain to France to the Middle East and beyond. Now, Chef Joe, a friend of mine, is a brand just like you and I are, except he's taking advantage of his uniqueness, his experience, the things that he's interested in. And rather than provide a vanilla experience, I mean, there's Italian restaurants everywhere. And in the town that I happen to live in, one of the most difficult businesses to succeed in in the restaurant industry happens to be Italian food because there's just so many competitors. But he covers everything, but he doesn't stop there. He also has, remember I said he combined his two passions, the food and the art. He also has live artists painting around the restaurant every night. So you can eat, and in the, you know, if you can picture the, uh, a long wall, you know, it's a longer room, you know, the two ends, one end is the, one side is the kitchen. On the opposite side, there's a long wall, and there's artists there on a little bit of an elevation, and they're painting, and they have their canvases out, and all across the wall, all around the restaurant are uh, original art pieces, original artwork, all different kinds of styles, from pop art to everything that you can imagine. The artists are there, and people are entertained because they watch these artists, and they sell their art right there. You can buy something. You can have something custom done for you. We have the chef's table happening with food from around the world. Or if you just want a slice of pizza and you want to sit on the patio, you can do that. A large franchise restaurant just doesn't offer that kind of experience. This is one of the reasons why, too, when we look at personal brands, uh, matter of fact, they call when when it's time to open the doors to the restaurant, they say it's time to start the Joe, uh, the Joe show, Chef Joe. So um, whether we're talking about a competitive industry like clothing or Italian restaurants, again, very competitive. You can see where it benefits you if you take advantage of building a solo brand, marketing and promoting your own solo brand because it builds a different kind of connection with the people above and beyond the service itself. And this is one of the reasons why the large, quote-unquote, faceless companies have to hire actors and actresses and famous athletes who already have established personal brands to be the face of their brand because without that, they're quote-unquote faceless. Now think about this. At the end of the day, you and I go out every day and we experience transactions in the world around us, in the business world. But most of our interactions in the business world can be summed up by you know, what kind of experience we have with the various companies and people we're doing business with. That's the experience that we have. And most of these experiences are highly ordinary on average. Sometimes they're below average or poor. And that makes up, I would say, 90% of our experiences in the transactional world. Most of these experiences are highly forgettable. Think about if you had to move away from your town or city today. What places would you really miss? What places are not replaceable? What services, what individuals are not really replaceable? You could probably count them on one hand and still have fingers left over. Now, creating an above-average experience, or we could just say different, 
is above average. Any kind of positive experience creating something like that for your customers, for your clients, it doesn't have to be a huge undertaking. Because sometimes when we look at these other things and we think, well, if I had a restaurant, how would I get live artists or how would I get all those recipes for? No, 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 no. That's what we're doing when we do things like that is we're copying what someone else has already done. And the entire marketing world, unfortunately, has devolved into that over time. We're just one person copying another. Now, I admit that certain things are hard not to copy. So, for instance, if you drive down the street in most neighborhoods, at least where I live, a lot of the houses look alike. A lot of the cars look alike. I'm not talking about those type of utilitarian, maybe a house isn't utilitarian, but I'm not just talking about a lot of the things that we interact with from day to day. All right, laptops look alike, devices look alike, phones look alike. It's upon you know closer examination, but we're not necessarily just talking about the visuals of something, right? Because styles come and styles go. There's a reason why certain things look the way they look, because they're popular. <clears throat> but when it comes to building a brand and to being memorable, sometimes it doesn't come down to what you look like or what your materials look like, but the overall experience that you leave with someone that goes above and beyond maybe the visuals. In some things, maybe it is the visuals. So if we're talking about a clothing store or talking about a restaurant, then the visuals do matter. I believe visuals do matter if we're talking about a website. For example, the other day I was at a website and the text was very difficult for me to read and I don't even wear glasses. And I'm thinking, wow, talk about accessibility. If somebody comes to this site that's colorblind or has difficulty with their vision, the text was too small, plus it was gray, and I know the person was going for style with the design, but you know, there's little things like that, of course, that are good, bad, ugly, you know, anywhere in that spectrum. But I'm not focusing on any one of these things specifically. I'm talking about the complete package. There are certain elements that may be lacking that you have in your packaging, and those things can be improved. And those things add to your personal brand. Or they're an accessory to your personal brand, but they're not your personal brand. You are your personal brand. Your unique experiences, your personality, sometimes a touch of quirkiness that you have, the way you explain things, the way you deal with your clients and customers, all of those things build what we call a personal brand. And you will find that there are certain, everyone has their style. Whether they realize it or not, you have a style. And that style can be improved. Now, it doesn't have to be changed, but it can be improved. Think about styles of music. There's all kinds of styles of music out there. And for whatever reason, certain musicians prefer certain styles over another, but they're capable of changing styles. But I, I look at it like this. Everyone has something that more or less fits them better than everything else. And it's useless to tell someone what they need to be, because I think it's kind of like telling a certain kind of tree that it needs to be another kind of tree or a certain type of plant that it needs to be another type of plant or a certain type of cat that it needs to be a different breed. You know, the, some things just are the way they are because they were created that way. Other things are the way they are because of certain experiences that they have. And not all of these things have to be negative experiences. I know sometimes it's so easy to think about, you know, negative experiences, but we're looking at this in a positive light. There are things that are about, about you that are very enjoyable. 
And there's reasons why you certain friendships that you've had over the years, certain connections you made are unique to you. And the reason why people like you the way they like you or wanted to do business with you is because of you. It was you. You were the deciding factor. Sure, you had to have the skills. Sure, you had to be able to get the job done. But when all was said and done, it was still you. You were the one they chose. And so we're trying to bring some of these elements over. And sometimes this is part art and sometimes it's part science. But for the most part, I would say after having studied this subject for quite some time, after having to have made tweaks in my own personality, there were things about myself, advantages that I have today that I didn't have in the past. There were things that I had to learn how to get better at. There were things I had to improve. But that that goes with anything. That goes with people. That goes with products. That goes with services. It goes with entertainment. It goes with anything that you can think of. But the point I'm trying to make here is that creating an, an experience that's different and unique to you for your customers, it doesn't have to be a huge undertaking. Especially when, more often than not, most of the experiences in the business world today, let's get focus on business now, are highly forgettable, even with larger companies. So you are a brand all to yourself. Now, let me just ask you the question, why not take advantage of this and start positioning yourself the way you should be positioning yourself in 2023? You may not realize this, but your personal experience, your knowledge, your gift mix already makes you unique in your marketplace. So the question is, are you going to take advantage of this or not? Now, I know that many people feel self-conscious about creating videos, even recording audios. And yet, if I put a bunch of the same people in a room and ask, how many people in this room care what others think about them? Only a few people will be honest enough to raise their hands. So you have to ask yourself, are you really going to let the opinions of others hold you back? We're talking about business now, business and how it will improve the lives of both you and your loved ones. Maybe you don't want to create the full talking head type videos. Maybe you don't have the background that you feel comfortable recording and you're the kind of person that feels more comfortable talking over slides. Well, you can always record yourself using a webcam and then turn your face into one of those smaller circular stamp sized images and then you move it off to the side so people can see you while you're talking over the side, but they don't see your background. For example, remember, you're not trying to win a modeling contest, right? You're, you're trying to communicate your message. If you're really having that bad of a hair day, then wear a hat. Now, let me just add a word of warning here to those who want to focus on building and establishing their personal brands in the year ahead don't make the mistake of comparing yourself and your business to others. Even when we're talking about individuals now, there's the first mistake of trying to compare yourself and what you're doing with a big company. It seems ridiculous, but people still do it all the time. Maybe they're comparing the quality of certain elements in their business and they're looking at a company that has you know tens of thousands of dollars to spend on having people that do just that, make that part of their business or their videos or their content or their design or, or whatever it happens to be. But on the flip side, when we're talking about personal brands, don't make the mistake of comparing yourself to someone who's been actively building their personal brand for years. So whatever the reason why people compare themselves to the best of the best, be it the personal brands or the company brands, and what happens is they realize that they have all of these things that they need to do. They compare the speed of their 
business growth or their income growth. They compare their clients. They do all of these things. And then what happens is discouragement and disillusionment, all of those things set in pretty quickly. Everyone is traveling a unique path, and that's the reality of not only business, but life itself. Your experience, circumstances, and everything else is unique to you. Now, many online freelancers and solopreneurs, they get excited about the personal brand concepts. They see the possibilities. They understand how this can affect and transform their business. But when things don't happen fast enough for them, they stop and start looking for shortcuts. They look for something that's easier. Be ready for this so you can recognize it for what it is when it happens. And don't let shortcuts get you off track. Finally, let me conclude by saying that people today are starved for connection. Never before in recent history have people felt as isolated in their life situations as they do today. And as a personal brand, you have the opportunity to be an oasis in what could otherwise be described as a desert that a lot of people find themselves in right here and right now. Probably more people than you realize. That human-to-human connection even in the online world where you're not physically present with others, can have a transformative effect on how people think about life, the world, their place in it, and what their future might look like. You have the opportunity to have that kind of impact on others simply by providing a little bit of light in what otherwise might be a mostly dark place. Okay, let's go ahead and put the bookmarker in it there. That's about all for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you believe it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them or send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. Back episodes are available there as well. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you later.